Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie, hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady, and featuring RebelGrove.com and Rivals.com recruiting analyst Russell Johnson. Awesome! The Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Caution, you are about to enter the no-spin zone. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail, and it does it in style. Just like Dead Soxy. I'm better looking than you. Visit DeadSoxy.com and enter Rebel Grove at checkout for 25% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now here's your host, Neil McCrady. Welcome into the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. I'm Neil McCrady. Zach Berry is with me as well. We'll get to Zach in just a moment. This will be a short uh Soft Verbal Podcast. We'll talk about uh, Diari McDonald's commitment to Ole Miss. We're taping this on Tuesday afternoon, a couple hours after McDonald's commitment. You're hearing this on Wednesday. So we'll uh, kind of do a reset. We'll talk a little bit about Robbie Ashford's performance at the Elite, Evan, Elite 11, I should say. And um, we'll talk about maybe what we think is coming next, when it comes next. We're in uh, the middle of a sort of dead period in recruiting and it's a holiday, so we'll keep it tight today. First, before we get to uh, recruiting and before we get to Zach, I want to tell you about Dead Soxy. Warm weather, hot weather is here, and with it comes the inevitable debate of sock or no sock with your loafers. You want to save your feet and your shoes from making their own very distinct impression by stepping into summer with some no-shows from Dead Soxy. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes it's the first step in dressing for the job that you want and not the job that you have so go to deadsoxy.com enter the code rebelgrove at checkout to receive 30 percent off all orders including sale items and including these no-shows that are the same quality you already love and enjoy with their traditional dress socks and again they come with the no slip guarantee so go to deadsoxy.com it's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y dot com and check out their no-show collection and remember to enter promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off all orders. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. What you do is you give it a call, 662-257-1900. You call that number. You ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. No haggle, no hassle. You get your quote, and you can let it be a baseline for yourself moving forward, or you can do what I've done three times now, and that's get into a Clark Ford from Amory. You know you're going to get a great Ford product. You're going to get great service after the sale. Corey wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. People say, what does that mean? Call the number. Get a quote. You'll start to figure it out. 662-257-1900. Let him know that you heard about Clark Ford on the Soft Verbal or any of our family of podcasts, and you'll save $500 off your bottom line. Zach, how are you? Doing well, Neil. I uh, managed to somewhat beat the rain and uh, get in the grass cut. Um, and by somewhat, I mean I didn't beat the rain at all. It uh, rained on me the entire time, but got it done. That's not fun. Mowing in the not rain fun. is not not particularly fun. Not good. Did you? Other pour than that, a, doing well. Did you do a post uh, yard work beer? I, I did not. Um, probably. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I actually don't have any beer in the house. I might uh-huh. do a post 
uh, post yard cut uh, red wine. Oh, that's good too. It's just a tradition. I tell uh, I tell everyone at my house they know it's going to happen no matter what time of day. When I finish doing yard work, my yard from start to finish, edging, mowing, blowing the whole deal is about two hours. At mm-hmm. the end of that process, I am going to have a beer. I'm going to take the beer into the shower, and I'm going to have a beer. And it's just something I'm going to do. Everyone knows it. No one asks any questions. And that's that. The shower beer is very underrated. You know, it is. You you, you got to make sure the beer's in the right spot in the shower. Otherwise, you get a watered-down beer quickly. But, but it is uh, – there are ways around that. Uh, now with some of the screw tops and stuff so uh, i will sometimes purchase a specific and it's funny i'm not like a big bud light or coors light sort of person that's not really my my thing but that particular beer coors light bud light on a really hot summer day after you've done the yard is in that moment alone almost preferable to any other beer yeah it's um there was there were, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago on Twitter there was there were people I guess doing like beer power rankings and uh, one that I always bring up is uh, a golf course beer that's always really good because more times than not it's really hot yeah and um, whether you hit a good shot or not it still goes down pretty pretty cold and pretty crisp but yeah I'm I might have to implement that into my regiment with uh, cutting the grass because that does sound pretty awesome yeah I'm looking forward to we'll get off beer in a second I uh Carson and I going to Chicago for Cubs Padres in about I don't know Ooh, that's that's another good one about two weeks and uh yeah ballpark draft beer on a hot day perfect yeah that's tough to beat yeah it's it's really difficult to beat uh all right Speaking of difficult to beat, uh, it's difficult to beat D.R. McDonald often in, uh, as a receiver. He, he doesn't get beat often, if at all. And um, four-star, rivals 250 defensive back. You and I have talked about this for a couple of times already. Could not have been a surprise to anyone <laughs> today. Um, I hope no one used the breaking tab. There was nothing breaking about <laughs> D.R. McDonald uh, committing to Ole Miss. But now that it's done – I talked to him a little while ago. Uh, I saw your uh, uh, kind of synopsis on Red Cup Rebellion. Um, how big of a deal is this for Ole Miss, in your opinion? So I mentioned it in my write-up of, about his commitment, but I think it's it's huge. Um, not only getting into uh, – I've alluded to it on the board several times, but for those that aren't on the message board, um, pretty, pretty damn good high school program in Oakland and Murfreesboro, Tennessee – um, they win a ton of football games. They produce a ton of Power 5 talent. Um, Tyro Nix, going back to his time when he was at Virginia Tech and then way before that when he was at Middle Tennessee, um, he's very familiar with Murfreesboro, and he put in a lot of work um, recruiting uh, McDonald when he was at Virginia Tech and now that he's at Ole Miss. So that was um, good for, for Tyrone to you know kind of get a taste of recruiting once again um, back at Ole Miss. But just a a big time get because now you have not one, but two, six, one, 190, 195 pound corners in McDonald and Eric Reed jr. Um, the kid out of Shreveport. So two bookend guys that, that you can build your class around. Um, I think they're both, um, borderline instant impact guys. Um, you've got a lot of turnover coming soon. 
Uh, Jalen Jones will be gone after this season. And um, there's just going to be a ton of guys fighting for for spots. I mean, every DB from last year's class, and then now you've got Eric Reed and and Diari McDonald coming in. Uh, it's 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 going to be a, a crowded room, and um, you know I would I would tend to uh, say that Mr. Reed and Mr. McDonald are going to be hungry, but just a really impressive athlete. Um, those of you that don't know, he initially played basketball at Oakland, was a uh, all-state caliber basketball player. Gave up basketball, and now he's an all-state football player. So just a natural, gifted athlete. Not a super fast corner, but uh, has the length and size to uh, make up for it and coverage. And um, I think people should be excited about this. Yeah, I know that they wanted to get started on some taller corners. They wanted to get some more physical guys, guys who could um, be more of a a presence in that first five yards when a receiver's leaving, and then also a guy who mm-hmm. can kind of go up and get the ball. could Look, I mean, it's no secret. Everybody's watching SEC football. The receivers in this league are elite. I mean, there are just about <laughs> yeah. every team in the league has at least one and maybe sometimes two, three NFL prospects at receiver. Mm-hmm. You you have to have – you can't you can't win in this league with just average corners and – now that they've gotten Reed and they've gotten McDonald, like you just said, they seem to be sort of addressing this. I mean, without coming out and, and saying that, hey, the past few years Ole Miss was too small at corner and calling out the guys that are on the roster now, they're, they're, they're recruiting their way to a different body style at that position. Right. Well, if you look at the last couple of years with the – you know, Jacob Peeler and the NWO and all the great things that they've done at that position. We'll look at the teams that have been able to somewhat shut them down. I mean, it's been Alabama, it's been LSU, um, Auburn to a certain extent, three SEC West teams that specialize in having corners that are 6'1, 6'2, 190 to 200 pounds and can get physical at the line of scrimmage and match up with these bigger, stronger, elite receivers. And I think it's like you said, they're starting to address that need. I mean, um, there's a place for the 5'11 guy, the, the nickel corner, the slot corner. You know, everybody always wants to do the Mike Hilton comparisons and the the honey badgers and things like that. But, man, if, if you're going to compete week in, week out in the SEC, especially on the outside, you've got to get guys like Eric Reed and Darren McDonald. It's the thing that I notice looking at their just their defensive commitment list. Uh, Darren McDonald's updated on there he's a four star 5.8 player uh, he's six one um these are all rivals listings so take them for what they're worth i mean some of them are going to be a little off but it's roughly the same Dericky wright is going to be an outside linebacker sort of guy is six four eric reed six one a six four defensive tackle a six three six three and a half defensive end um a, a uh just kind of going can't, through here. Can't forget about uh, Cameron White, a little bit farther down the list, 6'2", 185 DB. Probably going to be a safety, but a guy they really liked out of out of high school and went the Juco route, and now he's back. So that's another big, tall, um, you know, athlete back there on the on the, on the the back third. Yeah, there's just, just a lot there. Austin Keys is, is probably 6'2 and a half right now, probably pushing 6'3". Uh, Dalen Gill's a 6'1 guy. Uh, they love Jaquandis Burns. I can tell you that people inside the program think he's going to be 
far more impactful than than people mm-hmm. believe. And he's a lots six- of other lots of other Power Five teams are starting to love him too. He's starting to rack up some offers. Yeah, six three guy. I mean, I I just I think it's very clear that. And this isn't to turn. I don't want to turn this into a Hugh Freeze bashing thing because he did a lot of good things. But so much <laughs> of his recruiting was on the offensive side, and they got away from it on defense. And it's very clear that this staff, looking at this class, is is putting a, a big emphasis on getting height on defense, being able to to have long arms that get into passing lanes, that that uh, disrupt a quarterback, that kind of thing. There was a feeling among some of the coaches last year that they simply were too small on defense. They, there just wasn't enough mass. There wasn't enough length. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough, um, you know, the, the the field is a certain width. It's a certain length. You've you, you got to be able to give quarterbacks problems. you got to be able to give receivers problems. You have to be able to get arms and hands in passing lanes and, and you know, and disrupt angles. And that's what they're trying to do with some of the size that they're going out and recruiting. I talk about it all the time, the size-speed ratio thing. It's a real thing, and yeah, they're uh, they're following it. Yeah, I mean, if you, I just thought of this when you brought up Hugh Freeze, and a lot of his recruiting was on the offensive side. I 100% agree, but it really got bad in 2016. They had some big-time misses with guys like Shy Carter, Nigel Knott, Terrell Hall big-time impact defensive guys that they just could not close. Um, I know a lot of those guys um, wanted to, you know, either stay closer to home, maybe go to a place um, that has a little bit more winning tradition, maybe a couple car dealerships that they prefer. But, um, yeah, those those impact guys, are, and then they're hard to get because, I mean, you have the Alabamas, you have the Clemsons, the LSUs, you know, these schools that have such a reputation of, of having, I mean, LSU especially, I mean, I think that they're far above it. I mean, Florida's close, but DBU at LSU. I mean, they just churn them in, churn them out. Um, but that's the, you got to have those type of guys to to be able to compete. You know, you mentioned the first five yards. I mean, that just dictates everything. I mean, if you can get a jam at the line or maybe redirect a route, I mean, that helps your pass rush. It helps linebackers getting into position you know it, it the trickle down effect of having corners that can really dictate stuff like that i mean it's it's huge and i think that they you know mcdonald along with reed i mean that's two guys right there that you know down the road potentially could be all sec guys uh robbie ashford is uh was at the opening the, the quarterback competition uh you know a little bit more about this than i do uh how did he do and what can we read into that so, um, lead 11, big quarterback competition. If you don't know, they, they have, um, I believe it's 20 finalists and then they narrow it down to the quote unquote elite 11. Um, and by narrowing it down the tough job of doing that, um, Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback, um, he and a, and a couple other guys, Yogi Roth is another guy. He works with Pac-12 network. Um, he's been part of the elite 11 for a long time. Just kind of a camp for quarterbacks. They come in, they put them through drills, they put them through a pro day type workout, and then they get into the seven on seven when the rest of the athletes get there for the opening. Um, as of now, they've had three different sets of rankings come out after three days. Um, they rank them one to 11 each day. Robbie Ashford hasn't been in the top 11 in any of those days, but 
uh, we talked about this a little in the pre-show, but I, I want to give some some nuance and some context here. Um, some of these drills, they're not for everybody. Um, I, I posted on the board, I said that, you know, some guys can just absolutely kill drills. They look good, feet, arm, release, everything. But some guys are just gamers. Some guys fit better in more of a competitive environment. Not that that's not competitive, but... Um, and also, you got to remember that Robbie Ashford, as we talked about on the last show, he hasn't had a full season as a as a full starter yet. I mean, he kind of came in midway through last year as a junior, um, led Hoover to the semis. So this is a humongous feat for him to get to the Elite 11 finals as it is. Um, so I wouldn't put too much into him not making the Elite 11 or winning the 7-on-7 seven because seven I, as I said before, I, w- I went down and, and looked at all of the past Elite 11 MVPs and just a couple names here of guys who did well with their competition, but uh, nothing really much after that. So back in 2001, Ben Olsen was the MVP, went to BYU, then went to UCLA, didn't do much. Kyle Wright was a guy who went to Miami. Uh, Rhett Bomer was a guy who I think was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, started at Oklahoma, ended up at Sam Houston State. Um, some other familiar names, Jeff Driscoll, um, just finished his career at Louisiana Tech. Uh, one of the stranger years was 2011. Neil Burcham and Tanner Mangum, who were co-MVPs with Jameis Winston. Um, if you can name what colleges they went to, then kudos to you. Yeah, I couldn't even begin to. Th- <laughs> nope. Yeah, my favorite is 2013. Sean White of Auburn was the MVP. And um, he didn't exactly set the world on fire on the plane, so... Again, it's it's a competition. I mean, you know, there's there's been years where you know uh, Justin Fields won it a couple of years ago, beat out Trevor Lawrence, who might be one of the better quarterbacks in the country right now. Um, you know, Shea Patterson won it one year, uh, and then last year Tua Tagovailoa won it. He's he's pretty good. Um, or I guess two years ago he won it. But yeah, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't stress too much about it. I, you said it um, on the the Oxford Exxon podcast, and I know that, that Chad Simmons said it, all of Robbie Ashford's best football is ahead of him. Oh, yeah. So so right now, if, if he's struggling a little bit in seven-on-seven, seven, maybe struggling in some, you know, jumping over some tackling bags to throw on the run, I, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Yeah, I wouldn't think about it at all. He's a guy that, again, it, it bears repeating. He just hasn't played a ton of football. Um, there's a lot of refining to be done with him and again he's he's a guy that's being signed for upside not for right Mm -hmm. now he's he's being signed for upside and one of the one of the more stranger things that i saw they did they do a a long toss competition um if one of the stronger arms in recent years was matt corral he threw it 77 yards um but uh i think robbie ashford threw it 62 finished top third of the group Man, there were some guys there that, and his name is escaping me. I think his last name is Pyle. Committed to Notre Dame, failed to throw it fifty yards, and that just seems odd to me. Yeah, that that's, a, that's not a good sign for them. No, um, but you know, I mean, it's it's like I said. I mean, some of these some of these drills, and they're not for everyone. I mean, there are really good quarterbacks at this year's opening that you know threw 10, 15 yards shorter than Robbie Ashford. I mean, it, it's it's all for you know they 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 do a 
documentary on it. It's going to be on NFL Network later this fall. I mean, it's it's all for for show. And you know, like I said, some guys look really good in drills. Well, it's kind of like guys, the home run derby. There's a lot of guys yeah. that can crush home runs and home run derbies. Doesn't mean yeah. that you can, you know, do it on a two-two count with a yeah. you know a guy throwing different. It's just you know what I'm saying. There's is it can be a skills competition in basketball where a guy's elite and then he just doesn't doesn't play the game the exact same way. You see that all the time. So Robbie Ashford's the the his the jury's out on him, but only because he hasn't played a lot of football. And, and it's just going to come down to like we talked about last week. It's gonna, his deal is going to come down to development, including this next year at Hoover, and then when he gets to the college level, just kind of uh, maturity. Um, his physical development, coaching, some of those things. He's one that I, I can tell you there's a lot of people over there that are really excited to see what he can become. But it's not something he's going to become in the next 24 months. I've I've seen people say he walks in at Ole Miss and plays as a true freshman. That's that's probably not right. I mean, he, he's, he could play some as a true freshman conceivably. Sure. But, but the odds are his he's, he's – 24 months from getting into his that window of his best football. Um, let's see. There's not a whole heck of a lot to talk about because it's a dead period. I, You and I were talking about this before we got started. I think McDonald's commitment will be the last one until late July. Um, if you made me guess... I'd guess that there's one, maybe two more coming in the month of July, and I think they come late in July. If I if I made you guess who's the next commitment to go public for Ole Miss, who would you guess? I'm probably, if I had to bet, I would uh, probably say Jabari Small. Yeah. I think, um, and we've talked about this a little before, I just think that – He's been a couple times with his parents. I think he's liked what he's seen, liked what he's heard. Um, I think that Rich Rod and, and Derek Nix and them have a plan for him as far as the fit for the offense and how they're going to use him. And um, you would probably have a little bit more in-depth analysis than that per his last couple of visits since you might have talked to him. But, um, yeah, I think that would be my guess for who is next. I think it just makes the most sense. Um, and then he's, I feel like he's been pretty close, <clears throat> but I think he, you know, maybe sitting down talking with the family a little more and then, you know, dead period, probably taking advantage of that and, you know, having some time off from, from the recruiting game. Yeah. I would guess Jabari small. And if you told me I couldn't go with him because that was your guess, my next guess would maybe be Ladarius Webb. Although I think Auburn has emerged as a little bit of a fly in the ointment there. Uh, I still think Ole Miss is probably going to get him, but I think Auburn moving in has maybe slowed things down some. But I would yeah. definitely, if if Small were eligible for to be my choice, that's the choice I would go with. I, I, I think it's I think it's really close. Um, in fact, I think it's basically done. I think some oh, of this okay. this is probably not a newsflash to people. Some of this stuff is orchestrated, not just at Ole Miss, but everywhere for the perception of continued momentum. And uh, I'm not saying Small is one of those guys at all. I don't know that to be true, but it's kind of my sense is that 
There's a couple of other guys that probably could already have gone public, but they don't want them to go public yet because they kind of want mm-hmm. some program momentum going into August. You know. Yeah, and I, I know I know fans love that. They love when people hold on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people have speculated, you know, wanting to hold off and build some momentum with Jabari Small, with his teammate Amari Thomas. Um, I still think that Ole Miss is in a really good position with him, and and I don't know what your thoughts are. I think from what, you know, behind the scenes that I've heard is that he's going to enjoy the process and take his visits and, and really hear everyone out. But I think ultimately gaining Jabari's verbal commitment will, will certainly help. And then um, there's a pretty good basketball player over there at Briarcrest that might help too, but um, that's a little farther down the line. But, yeah, I mean, I think – the the building momentum thing is a is a real strategy that I think people will tend to say, oh, you're just saying that because they haven't gotten anybody in three weeks. But no, no, I I think those people over in the Manning Center know what they're doing right now. Yeah, they do, and I agree with you about Amari Thomas. Um, I think Ole Miss is in a really good place there. I think the fact that, quite frankly, and I don't know how to say this without it. Hopefully, by now, people know I'm not much on spin. The fact that Ole Miss is not pursuing Corbett Mims any harder than it is should tell you something. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we do get questions a lot about, um, you know, how do you make room for all these guys? And, and I always do the – and I know it comes across as flippant sometimes. You make room. There's always room for great players. And there is. But there is – there is a it is a finite number. I mean, you you can't sign thirty seven guys. I mean, there is a finite number. Um, well, I don't know. Don't tell Butch Jones that. Well, that's true. <laughs> At the end of the day, you can only bring in twenty five, and so you right. know, per per class, you can backlog some guys and stuff like that. You can gray shirt and blue shirt and purple shirt and whatever other shirt. But at the end of the day, it is twenty five, and so. You know, I think they're going to get McKinley Jackson. I think they're going to get Omari Thomas. I think it's going to be one heck of a defensive line class. And those are guys yeah. that can step in and play. And um, as for Small, I think he's a guy that he just fits that offense, you know. And um, he's a guy that other kids look up to. And I think he's a guy that they view could come in and, and, um, and be impactful in the program on, on the field and, and, and kind of even on the recruiting trail a little bit. He's a guy that – a lot of these uh, prospects around um, West and West Tennessee, and and even you know all the way Murfreesboro, Nashville, that area, they they know who Jabari is. They've they've become friends with him, and um, I think he's got a chance to, like I said, I think he's got a chance to be really impactful for the program. Besides what he does in terms of accumulating statistics, right? And I mean, you've got some other Memphis area guys that are still hanging around. Um, I would say most notably uh, Bryson Eason, still uncommitted. Ole Miss is definitely still recruiting him yeah. at a position of need, uh, to say the least. Um, he had a really good showing at the Rivals five-star challenge. I know that Arkansas is hot and heavy with him, and uh, Mississippi State is, is working him hard as well. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, these these guys all hang out. I'm sure they all text, tweet, all that good stuff. They talk a lot. and um, Yeah, I mean, just like a – you know, like you said, just a someone who resonates with these other guys on the recruiting trail, and 
you know, sometimes it might just be that one thing where it's like, man, I like all these schools. All these places feel the same. They feel like family. They feel like they can help me be the best player, blah, blah, blah. But if it's, you know, man, there's this, there's that one other guy that's going to be there with me that I know, and I know he's a good dude, and um, he's wanting to do the same thing I'm doing, that can sometimes make the difference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I, I, I do tend to agree with you there that that Jabari Small's verbal commitment is much more than him being a – a skill guy in Rich Rod's offense. It's it's something a little little more than that in terms of recruiting Memphis and um, being able to to get in in these other territories like Middle Tennessee. You know, a guy like Reggie Grimes is still out there, and I know that you know he and Jabari probably talk. They talk about recruiting and talk about where they want to go play and things like that. So, um, if and when his recru- his commitment happens, it'll be it'll be big for for momentum in August, September, and October, and moving forward. Well, Zach, I really appreciate it. Uh, great work, and um, enjoy your Fourth of July with uh, your your family. And we'll uh, we'll touch base at some point with another soft verbal podcast. Probably, I don't know. I don't know whether we'll do next week or not. Uh, the week after that is we'll probably do one next week, and then take the next week off Zach's learning all of this on the fly uh, and, and then we'll come back uh, late July and I think like like we just hinted at I think some things are going to be uh, brewing at that point and then we'll be into football season so for Zach Barry I'm Neil McCready that does it for this edition of the soft verbal podcast presented by Dead Soxy don't forget go to deadsoxy.com enter promo code rebel grove at checkout for 30% off all orders until next week take care